X-Ray. It's the Beer Vana Show, broadcast in Portland on X-Ray FM and available anywhere on your favorite podcast service. How was that, Jeff? That's good. You're you're starting to become I like that. kind of professional. It's pep. It's peppy. It's peppy. I, I you know, I don't want to I don't want you to get a big head or anything, but um, it's sounding good. And then we spoil it by immediately going breaking the fourth wall and talking about it. But nevertheless, it's quite nice. Exactly. I want my, I want my immediate feedback. I can't wait. <laughs> I don't want to wait for like three more sentences. I want to know now. Did I do well in the first sentence? That's very millennial of you. And yet you here you are a Gen X. <laughs> it's, it's true. It's true. Did I check my tweet? Did someone tweet about it? Uh, uh, hi, Jeff. You are Jeff Walworth. Uh, you are the writer of books and write a lot about beer. Books you've written include The Beer Bible, Secrets Master Brewers, and The Widmer Way. And you are Patrick Emerson, a professor of economics, classing up the joint uh, at our Oregon State University, Go Beeves. That's right. Someone has to has to uh, bring the gravitas to this, this podcast. And I, and I guess you got the short end of that stick. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Kaboom! Because because uh, you know a beer podcast should have lots of gravitas. That's, this that's is right. This is serious stuff. <laughs> uh, you're at your house right now. I am. I'm at my house right now. There are many. There are panes of glass and miles being between us, so we are safe. We are. Although it's it's uh, the time of darkness. I went for a bike ride yesterday. And I left at about three fifteen, <laughs> and already uh, I, I it was a, it was a sunny afternoon, and I took my sunglasses, and but already the sun was below the house line, so I just I, I didn't even need my sunglasses. By the time I got back, it was dark. It so. is. It is. In fact, in fact, it's it's so dark so early. Uh, my wife was leaving to go just in the neighborhood, just a few blocks away. Well, about a mile away, and she was going to hop on her bike, and it was four o'clock, her appointment, and I was like, "Oh, I don't know. You better, you better take your bike lights because it's going to be pitch dark when you get when you get done at four thirty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we're only a few days away from the shortest day of the year. Well, okay, so we're three weeks away from the shortest day of the year. But as we record is, this, but as people listen, probably like right oh yeah, there, right. man, right there, like sitting on the solstice. Yeah. So it's almost all downhill from here. That's right. It'll, the the days will start getting longer. We have a vaccine coming. I'm I'm unaccountably kind of hopeful right now. I I I have to admit that I'm feeling I'm feeling like 2020 is our year. I'm sorry, 2021. 2020 is nobody's year. 2021 is our year. Well, there's kind of nowhere to go but up. And and there's been circumstances in Washington D.C. that have been, in my mind, nice, sort of calming, uh, feeling a little bit like more stable yeah. with the world right now <laughs> that's helped my psyche <clears throat> yeah i mean it, it, a little less th- craziness is good some things have been very bad uh and you know we, we're we've lost some businesses and and, and um a lot of people are you know in, in trouble but on the other hand um it does feel like we're we're starting to get to that point where the sky is lightening just a little bit, and that I don't know. It just feels good. Yeah, not to get to 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 to, to provide the important counterpoint to your optimism, <laughs> but it's actually something we've talked about uh, in the, on the pod, and something that might affect uh, craft brewers and and brew pubs and pubs and stuff. Uh, I read an article about sort of this lingering sort of tidal wave of um, of back rent payments that is starting to 
really started way on the commercial real estate market. Uh, there was an article locally about the Bridgeport Village, which is sort of a high-end kind of outdoor mall place that's uh, uh, getting a little impatient with Regal Theaters. Their biggest tenant hasn't paid rent in in months and months. Uh, so these things are gonna. There's still a, there's still a fallout to come. So I'm certainly hopeful that the sanity in Washington D.C. DC can uh, can provide us with a second um, uh, economic uh, bailout because uh, I think it's going to be needed. And how do you feel about bailouts for companies like Regal, giant multi-million, maybe billion-dollar company? Uh, but but as you point out, uh, who pays rents often to local? Uh, owners uh, in cities should they be getting a bailout like this is kind of one of those difficult things to parse what as an economist how do you feel about that well so that's the thing i guess as an economist i guess a a little less emotional and more practical about it which is that big or small all of these people pay play a role in the economy and are important uh and so just to say well this was a big company they made lots of money and they have a bunch of shareholders and so you know there isn't like a single small entrepreneur to be harmed I think is kind of the wrong perspective. I think the perspective is what is going to be the best for the economy in the future going forward, to use the business term, I suppose, uh, which, I, which I always cringe when I uh, when I do. But going forward, what's the best way to get the economy back on track? And these are companies that are that are important that that employ a lot of people that uh, uh, that pay commercial real estate rent. Uh, and so there's a lot of sort of layers that I think are important to think about. Um, and so I. I don't mind, in other words, a bailout that goes to both small businesses, but also to big companies as well. Yeah, I think uh, you know airlines. Airlines are another big uh, uh, a business that's been hurt. Right. Uh, a big employer. There, you know, these are huge, you know, companies. But but that uh, doesn't mean I think that we just ignore them. And, and the problem is, um, they're they're capital intensive businesses as well. In the case of airlines, that's it's very hard to sort of unravel and to rebuild. Um, and so that's very a costly process, and that cost is an eco- economic cost for everybody. It's not just you know that'll show up in, in price airline ticket prices in the future and things like that. So you have to think about the sort of the short term expediency over the long term uh, harm. Um, so if you just want to say, well, airlines are big for profit companies, so screw them, uh, that's going to have a real impact on on everyone uh, for a long period of time. Yeah, and there's a human cost too. I actually uh, can speak for the the, the pinko commie side of this. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, you mentioned airlines. One of the most high profile uh, people in America right now is Sarah Nelson. She's the the head of the uh, flight attendants union, um, and she's really you know. <laughs> Her, her druthers is that uh, the airlines get a bailout because she's representing uh, thousands of, of flight attendants and others who work for uh, airlines who will be out of business. And, and those, sure. are, those customer are, service agents, ramp rats, as they call them. Exactly. The, these are these are good and important jobs, um, union jobs. Like we don't want <laughs> if you are a pinko commie like me, you want union jobs to survive. So, uh, yeah, it's it's all it's an ecosystem, right? We talk about yep. natural ecosystems, but this is a. a an ecosystem of commerce where we're all kind of in it together. So it's interesting. It is yeah. uh, curious. I do think that it's important to, uh, I do think there's one narrative that's correct, which is that it's that, you know, big giant, a handful of big giant companies are easy to give money to because they're identifiable and it's, it's a simple process. It's a lot harder to get the money where it maybe is uh, most critically needed. And that's in the hands of small business, business owners. Uh, that's more complicated, but it's probably more important in that sense. 
um, that they're uh, they're less flexible, less able to deal with economic downturn like this. So it's totally I will say that. it's totally true. I, I have to say, I know we're droning on a little bit here in our, our morning our early uh, pod chat, but. Uh, I was downtown recently to go to my dentist, and I was shocked at how many businesses, uh, ground floor businesses in this in the downtown part of Portland, were just gone. Just yeah. businesses I've uh, passed uh, and sometimes gone into for decades, and just gone. Um, yep. So yeah. that's scary stuff. Yeah, uh, indeed. But let's turn let's turn to something more more hopeful, which is that you proposed to me uh, the other the other day, the other week, the other pod. Uh, uh, that we should have a mascot. Yeah, like Five E Fox on Five Thirty Eight. <laughs> like Five E the Fox. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not intimately familiar with Five E the Fox, but I agree that we should have a podcast animal. Uh, I can't remember what we suggested so far. Uh, I'm sure we suggested the beer badger. That was obvious. Had to be the beer badger. <laughs> <laughs> Probably the beer beaver uh, to co- co- cover both of our bases there. Uh, I think I, I think I was I was championing the grizzly bear. Oh, that's uh, right. You were all about the bear for no, you mentioned no reason. The salmon. Well, you mentioned a salmon. I said, well, the bear eats the salmon, so we should definitely go higher up on the food chain. It's true. There's no bear. There's no bears in Oregon, but or the grizzly bears anyway. Oh well, just. Yeah, spend some time in the woods, and, and why don't you test that hypothesis? There's black bears. There, we have black there might bears. not be. There might not be. Yeah, you never know. Grizzly might come on down. <laughs> a wayward uh, uh, Yellowstone Way- grizzly over here. Wayward, wayward grizzly from British Columbia might come and, <laughs> and okay. drink a beer with you. Well, we uh, when we put that out there, we got one incredible suggestion back that I I'm frankly embarrassed that we missed this one. It's so obvious <laughs> and yet so cool. You want to? You want to? I'm 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 queuing you up, man. Go. Oh uh, yeah. So producer Will Romy. Uh, wrote back and said, uh, dudes, this one is a no-brainer. It's the Maris Otter. Dun, dun, dun. Of course dun, it's dun, the Maris dun. Otter. How did we – the Mar- it has to be the Maris Otter. <laughs> Amazing. So in case uh, you're Mar- not uh, yeah, an, a, a, a super fan of British Cascale like Patrick and me and haven't listened to this po- uh, podcast a ton, you may not know that Maris Otter is the classic uh, malt made in England – uh, at which many of the uh, the more famous uh, English cask bitters are made with Maris Otter, kind of a weird name, uh, and I think it's named after a dude. But anyway, it's and perfect. the otter, of course, is just about the coolest animal alive. Uh, any trip to the otter section of the zoo will convince you of this. Or if you live in the Northwest, you'll see otters everywhere. So absolutely, uh, and in fact, they're even thinking of reintroducing the sea otter off the coast of Oregon. So that'll be cool. So we'll have the the river and the sea otter back in Oregon. <laughs> sea otters are totally cool. By the way, apropos of nothing, there was this this little uh, uh, picture that went a little bit viral of this sea otter that was like uh, attacking a shark. Did you see this? The sea otter and the shark. I did not. Google it. It's it's humorous. The sea otters like got the shark in its grasp. Anyway, incredibly cool. So I throw it to you, the listeners and and hive mind uh, of this podcast. What we need now is like a cool illustration of the Maris otter, and he can be a sea otter, a river otter. He could he could be a sea otter on on his back holding a bottle of beer. Uh, we need our mascot. So if you are a an illustrator and could do that, I will send you uh, 
the signed book of your choice. Uh, Ooh. If you can give us a cool illustration of the Maris otter that we can use as our mascot. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. Yeah, and then we'll turn it into the logo. Exactly. See? So all right. Things coming together. Now, it all, every, it all depends every, on Everybody you. wins because you get rid of one of your, uh, you know, overprints or whatever they call them. <laughs> no way, man. These are valuable. These are. Uh, what do they call those ones? The ones that they sell at the back of the bookstore for f- pennies? Uh, Overstock? No. No. I think what you're talking about is something you're not supposed to uh, sell. So you can send your books back to the uh, uh, publisher to be pulped. But sometimes people will rip the cover off and sell them anyway, and that's illegal. So don't do that. Well, I'm talking about the ones where they put like a big black marker on the pages. Uh, it's, like just, it's like discounted. It's like these are worthless books. Anyway, none of your books will ever go out of print or will ever be in that state. That's, Everyone. that's funny. I was about to make the opposite joke, which is to say if you go into your local uh, uh, bookstore and go to the back, I'm sure you'll find a pile of my books like that. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Well, we should we should turn to the topic of this podcast. We should. Which is that darkness has fallen, winter has come, uh, the pandemic rages, and amid these cold, dark tidings, we were talking about podcasts, and I said we should do a podcast uh, about how we cope with the pandemic and about how beer can help us cope with the pandemic, how beers can allay the forms of malaise that come with pandemic life. So on today's show, we offer a pandemic survival kit of beers that will help you survive the winter and the rest of the pandemic. And because vaccines are on the way, and because warmth inevitably follows the cold, a celebratory beer as well. All that soon, but first, the new. Well, to set the mood, let's begin with some disturbing pandemic news. Oh, let's let's please. Yeah, that's got to start. Got to start in the darkness, right? That's right. Uh, according to the Independent Restaurant Coalition, one in six U.S. restaurants has already closed permanently in the United States. Oy. I know, and the number uh, that have closed due to COVID could grow to one third by the end of 2020, and that's not even anywhere near the end of covid so that's terrible yeah it's uh it's kind of a bloodbath out there it's it's awful Th- those those restaurants that have been able to pivot to take out and those that were already sort of well positioned uh have done pretty well but a lot of you know the restaurants that are based on formal sit-down dining uh it's rough it's super rough. It's so rough. And, you know, here in Portland, I'm sure every city that you're sitting in, um, you, you've seen these same kinds of stories, venerable, famous brewery, uh, I'm sorry, restaurants closing down. Um, David Machado here in Portland, I think that's his name, uh, has a suite of, of restaurants. Uh, he just closed them all down in recent weeks. Uh, Pock Pock has closed. Like there's just, it's, 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 it's terrible out there. Yeah, I will. I, so I'll, I'll have one little ray of light, though, which is to suggest that when this is all over, there will be a lot of empty restaurant space. That's right. With landlords desperate to find tenants. And so the same people who have started restaurants before might come up with a new restaurant or new restaurateurs might come up with something new. And I think that there's going to be a lot of pent up demand. I think people are really going to want to get out there. Oh my uh, God, there's going to be pent up demand. Yeah. I'm going to be living in pubs and restaurants. 
And so, and so it's, you know, it, to the extent that these are, these are restaurant spaces that already have full commercial kitchens, uh, you could get stuff going pretty fast. And so I would expect a pretty robust rebound. Maybe I'm being a little, uh, uh, Pollyannish, but, um, yeah. I think you're right. And I mean, it's, uh, this is a, a slightly, um, there, there's a, a survival of the fittest element here, which is kind of, uh, rugged, but it's, but the truth is there are a lot of younger, hungrier, uh, restaurateur, brewery owners, people with creative and interesting new ideas who have been priced out of the market formerly, uh, and now will be their opportunity to get in the market. And so we could see an amazing renaissance, uh, in, in, in everything to do with food, wine, beer, a bunch of, a bunch of stuff. So that could be, I mean, it came, it came at massive cost and you would never choose that, but, uh, it still could be a, a wonderful renaissance when we finally get there. When I'm looking right. forward to that. Kind of a turbocharged creative destruction. Yeah. Yeah. All right. In less disturbing news, we have the latest hops report out, of, out from Germany. In this one tiny area, it seems, the world was boring and predictable. After several years of substantial change, hop acreage remained almost completely unchanged. In terms of variety shift, uh, Perla grew the most at 4.7%, while Saphir... Once the exciting new hop declined, declined 8.7%. Yeah. So I put this in here because I get, I don't know who did this, but I, somebody in Germany put me on the Hopfen uh, mailing list. It's a it's, nice. <laughs> yeah. It's incredibly cool. It's the international edition of the German hop growers magazine. And they, they've been sending it to me and you get uh, one or two issues a year. I can't remember how many it is. And I just, it's absolutely riveting reading. I love it. And one of the things they do is they go in great detail about uh, all the new uh, varieties and how they're doing. And they do a, a variety by variety score sheet. And for years, like the last five years, um, there's been huge churn in, in uh, both acreage, uh, and the, the different kinds of hops that have been grown. So like a, a bunch of the newer hops were just growing like weeds and the older hops like Mietelfruit were declining. Um, and, and this year I was shocked when I opened this up and I got my magazine yesterday. So it was perfect timing for the podcast. Um, I was shocked to see that almost none of them had changed. Very few, uh, uh, farms had gone out of business and, you know, it's usually a little bit of carnage there. Um, I think the the acreage was like one percent uh, different than it was in 2019, and most of the mm. varieties were just totally flat. So it's we've hit this kind of stable uh, uh, thing going on down there in Germany, which is I don't know somehow comforting me. <laughs> Maybe I would not normally have liked just to see you know totally flat stuff, but in 2020 I'm taking it. <laughs> yeah. So, but but uh, but this predates the pandemic. It sounds like you're suggesting that. For a number of years now, uh, German hop production has been declining. No, it hasn't been declining. It's been, it's, but it's been very volatile. So, ah, I see. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So you know, you see, you see them ripping out some of the old kind of heirloom traditional uh, varieties um, and putting in newer varieties. And you see, there there are five or six different regions where they grow hops, and you're, you're seeing mm-hmm. some. Uh, motion in between those so like some were growing and others were shrinking i see so just some stability has has... exactly and i I, i'm i'm a person who likes change i'm sort of i I like i like thrills and excitement but man i'm 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 done with that this year so stability (laughs) stability is good 
<laughs> that's appealing. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that's the news. That's the news. All right, so we got to turn to our main topic, and our main topic was uh, this idea that we talk about uh, the beers we use to get through the pandemic. And so you and I uh, sort of brainstormed, uh, how many do we we end up with, seven, eight? Something like that. Well, one of them is kind of all yours, so it's... (laughs) But eight categories. There's eight categories. The special Patrick category. (laughs) I'm not sure which one that is, but we'll get to it, I guess. Yeah. Uh, okay. And so, uh, these are the, the category, wait a minute, did you put eight? Yeah, you put eight down here. These are the categories um, that we, uh, that we came up with. First is, uh, wait, do you want to go through the categories or we just go, we go one by one? Yeah. And these, these are in no order. So we can go in any order you prefer. Uh, but let, yeah, let's, let's say all the categories and then in, in whatever order you want, we can go through them. Okay. I'll do the order that you have them listed here. Uh, uh, the first is, uh, beers to have with a zoom call. And it probably means different things to different people. For me, it means meetings, which suck. Right. Uh, <laughs> but we'll talk about that. Uh, the second is beers to get you through the cold, dark nights as we get into the winter season of the pandemic. Uh, beers that help uh, when you feel uh, the helplessness of living in a pandemic. Uh, beers that uh, go well when you have hopeful, good news kind of kind of beers, good, good time, good feeling beers. Little flashes of light in the darkness. It, Exactly. Uh, like when you hear about the efficacy rate of the new, <laughs> new vaccines. Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, beers uh, to, uh, to go along with a, a Netflix binge uh, or whatever streaming service is of your choice. That's right. Netflix is now like Kleenex. It's a, it's a, a generic term. Yes. Although we, we're happy to, to, to use the, the streaming service that uh, would sponsor the podcast. Just, That's true. Just saying. Just I, saying. Hulu, so Hulu, Hulu is Hulu, trying, yeah. exactly trying to make it get into a new market. Here we are. Uh, beers that go well with home cooked meals because you're not uh, eating out. Because you're not eating out. Uh, oh, this must be mine. It beers, is. beers uh, uh, for when you're done exercising. Yes. In my case, going down to the basement and sweating profusely. Yeah, and I don't know if you're going to do the the winter rattler, but I, I I'm really I'm really hoping you do a winter rattler for us. Oh, winter rattler. Uh-oh. Uh, okay. Uh, and then and then finally, the beers to celebrate the end of the pandemic the when things go back to norm, normal. Yeah. I have such a good one for that, too. I'm so excited for that one. But let's we'll do that one last. So this is going to be interesting. I have a feeling that, that we're going to be very different in these because of our different backgrounds in the beery world. Uh, all right, so let's just go in the same order that I just talked about them. Okay. It's not the order I have them written down, so that's going to be a challenge for me. Uh, but the first one was the Zoom call. Yeah, the, the inevitable Zoom call that we're all on way too much. Yeah, so you you, uh, you can start. It sounds like I was I was thinking that there's one way to interpret it, which is the sort of the friendly uh, the friendly Zoom call. But I, I don't know for our for our social group that's that ended a long time ago. That was sort of something we did early on in the pandemic, and then everyone just gets so tired of Zoom that it's no longer fun. Yeah, I mean, I I, I use Zoom for everything, right? So I have a, a Buddhist group, and I meditate on Zoom. Um, I have a gaming group, so I uh, play uh, goblins and gnomes on Zoom. Um, and then I have social events. I I do that on Zoom. So and then meetings, of course, meetings. Oh God, meetings. Uh, so. Yeah, I have. I, I use I, my life is lived on Zoom. <laughs> yeah, well, my life is is not lived too much on Zoom, which is good. But when when Zoom happens, it's almost always a terrible thing, uh, and particularly if anyone knows anything about higher 
academics, the kinds of meetings that I have to sit through are uh, are torturous. So either during so that, or post <laughs> Zoom, I need a beer. <laughs> I, I think that's those are whiskey Zooms. That's what I would say. <laughs> anyway, so why don't, you, why don't you go ahead and get us started? So beers for when you're on a Zoom call. What do you, what what do you what's your go to? Yeah, so I'll just tell you uh, when I was thinking about all these categories, I was thinking about to get through the winter. So it's not um, this would be a different answer if we were doing this uh, at the start of the pandemic. Had we known, my God, that it was going to go on like this, um, and we're you know over summer. So uh, many of mine are, are much more wintry uh, selections. Just interesting. Yeah, I did not think too much about winter so that'll be a difference I, well I, I only think about it. i just i was looking ahead and i'm thinking it's winter i'm often kind of chilly in my house and i'm looking for warming beers so for that zoom call the what the one i went for uh and i sometimes you know i've sometimes i went for styles with a recommended choice and sometimes specific beers this is a specific beer uh, zoom beer a zoom beer uh, i would love and i need to uh track these down um, uh, from our friends at Wayfinder. We had Kevin Davey on recently. He makes a dark Czech lager, a Tamave called Hidden Hand. And it is a spectacular uh, session beer. It's, it's, it's a little bit roasty. It's a little bit sweet. It's a little bit dry. So it's, it gives you, it's, it's a little bit like, it's not exactly like coffee, but it's a little bit like, you know, something that you can drink during the day. You feel right. Uh, it warms. Um, it's interesting, but it, it you know it's not too high alcohol. Uh, it's just it it would be. In fact, I could even have it in a glass, and people might think it was coffee. So that would work uh, as far as that goes as well. It's just uh, a perfect session ale. I could I could drink it for eight hours straight, and uh, it would be. And and in the winter, I it's the kind of thing more than like a pilsner, which I I. I don't crave nearly as much anymore, so right. that, that's the one I'm going for. Interesting, yeah. I, you know, I surprisingly, I think it's a beer that of theirs that I have not had. <gasps> yeah, Good to cue, cue the yeah, cue the horror. Oh. <laughs> Is that true? Because because we actually meet there r- relatively I, often. I know, but I feel like they haven't had it when I've been there. Wow. Uh, yeah, so I'm not sure that I've had it. But it that's a good. It's like a good shout. You have weird. Uh, tamave karma because you know you know the most famous maker of tamave. Oh God, here we go. Ooh, uh, in Prague's downtown. Now let's see. Did you go to that brewery, Patrick? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sorry, no, yeah. no, I did not because I heard it was a tourist trap and only suckers go there. Yeah, only the best beer in the world is made there at Tamave, but that's oh, okay. God. I'll never live this down. <laughs> actually, I, actually, I'll finally recover when I actually get to go there. But yeah, that'll be a while. It will be a while. We should we should book a, a trip to. Uh, Prague for like August right now, just so we have some place to go. Yeah. By the way, I don't know if you've looked, but but uh, because there's no demand right now, airline tickets. Like, if if you could sort of guarantee that the world would be back to some semblance of normal, now would be a great time to buy to buy tickets to places because you could get them for pennies on the dollar. Uh, all right. That's so a my hot zoom- tip. That's a good. That's a hot tip. Cool. Yeah. All mm-hmm. right. Uh, so my. Uh, uh, experience actually, I had I had this precise experience of um, uh, a week or two ago. Uh, I had a Friday afternoon meeting. It wasn't it wasn't like a really serious meeting. Um, it was uh, meeting colleagues. We were just going to be talking about sort of strategies for teaching and stuff. So it was it was kind of loose, not terribly serious. Uh, and I was done. I had actually I'd actually exercised, and I was sort of ready to start start my weekend. But I was thinking I can't have a beer. 
that looks like a beer in front of my Zoom camera. And I want to I want to sit there drinking a beverage, but I don't want them knowing I'm drinking a beer. So I was thinking, what what kind of beer could I drink that doesn't look like a beer? And so it, it's one that can't have a big head and uh, doesn't look too like beery colored. Uh, so this was this was a, a challenge. But I'm actually going to. But one thing that occurred to me was a beer that we tried on the podcast, actually on the pod special when we did these uh, New England beers. That is so funny. I was going to say you could have one of those blackberry beers. Exactly. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was Trillium's daily serving. It's, it's labeled a goza, but you wouldn't know it's beer. It's, uh, it's blackberry and pomegranate. It looks and tastes just like a fruit smoothie. It has a tiny bit of, of uh, carbonation that dissipates almost immediately. And it basically just is a big fruit smoothie that happens to be that happens to be kind of like a beer. Uh, the only caution with this is it's a little bit uh, heavy in terms of ABV. I can't remember precisely, but it, it packs a wallop. I think it was something up close to seven percent, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's not ideal, but uh, it's certainly ideal. No one would have any clue I was drinking a beer. Uh, so that was one. Uh, then my second alternative was one that if I'm actually at a sort of more serious meeting and I can kind of dip over to the side and drink my beer without people looking, something really low alcohol. So I thought of uh, uh, this beer I had recently uh, from Urban Roots in Sacramento that was a uh, 10 Plato, they call it, and it was you know 3.7% ABV. So that was a pretty good, easy drinking, really low alcohol uh, uh, Zoom beer. That's and a, it, uh, by the way, since we're on the Czech thing, that's a Vychepny. 10 Plato, uh, a 10 degree beer in in the Czech Republic, which I'm certain I would bet my life on that they were referring to uh, Vychepny. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. So so I recommend the Vychepny if you're going to represent the dark Czech. Uh, And then then finally, I just thought, well, if it's a really terrible meeting and and you just want to die, you can just go for something massive and and dank. Like uh, like a Pliny the Elder or a Sticky Hands or a Heady Topper or something like that. There you go. Just get get lost in in high alcohol, high hop, that, resinous. That's your whiskey zoom moment. Exactly. That's that's my that's my whiskey zoom moment. Like, <laughs> get me out of here. Just nice. crack, crack crack open a Heady Topper or something like that. Totally. All right, so that <laughs> that's the first category, uh, but now this is the one where I was taking. This is where I was thinking much more about winter. This was beers for the cold, dark nights. Uh, do you want me to go first this time? Uh, absolutely. Although I tried to make that make a noise, I'm pouring out the one beer that I have for for our for our podcast. Well, that uh, was what I was about to do for my cold, dark nights too. So oh, I'll join excellent. you. Oh, perfect. Yeah. There you go. To... There it is. This is my cold dark night beer. All right. So for cold dark nights, <sighs> we may for, we may this this may be one of the few that we're on the same page. We'll see. I don't know. We'll see. But for cold dark nights, there's the thing that sticks out to me a hundred percent is uh, malt forward. Uh, beer so a warm toasty biscuity malt is what i want it i find it warming i find it comforting i find it wonderful for those cold dark nights when you're inside so i want a malt forward british ale uh-huh. and, and for mine there's no question what i'm gonna get it's a fuller's esb there you go that's that's not bad it's warm. It's comforting. It's soothing. Uh, it's one you can you can session with. You can have by the fire for a long time. Uh, 
but basically just about any kind of really malt forward uh, English ale is, is good. Machine House comes to mind if you're looking for a local uh, version. But in craft brewing right now, they're a little bit harder to find in the U.S. It's true. Yeah, it's true. So well, what, what do you go for? I was going to the same general. By the way, I have a Fuller's ESB right here that I just bought this morning. It's ah, It has that aroma that immediately warms my heart. Nice. Yeah, I went in a similar direction, slightly slightly different, and uh, actually it occurs to me you would never have gone for this because you don't <laughs> you don't like the dark ales anymore. You've you've abandoned the dark ales, but I love me the dark ales, and so I would go for and and actually this was the one beer I could find, and it turns out I found it in my fridge because I'd already purchased this for cold dark nights. <laughs> so this is this is the effort you you put into the. No, I actually I went I went to New Seasons, and none of the beers I was looking for were there. Uh, Um, including for beers when I feel helpless, which is a very common beer. But uh, nevertheless, it is Guinness Extra Stout. Ah. Uh, One of my all-time favorite beers, going back 30-plus years. um, I've loved this beer. And it is it is not their regular pub stout that you can get in the cans. This one always comes in a bottle, and it's got the cream-colored label. used to be 6%. Now it's down to 5.6%. They've uh, ratcheted it back a, a bit, but um, it has a kind of uh, acrid lactic ting, tinge to it. Mm-hmm. It's just sure does. It's just a wonderful beer. Um, another beer that I actually really like in the winter too, uh, just to throw out while we're in international waters. Um, and I, I actually, uh, readers on my blog might have seen. Um, by the time you read this, it'll be a couple of weeks ago. I did a post uh, making of a classic on Schlenkerla, uh, the Rauch beer. Uh huh. Uh, that's another one that I really love. They're they're Mertzen. Uh, we we have a uh, a Prost uh, family uh, pub nearby called Stomtich, which is mm-hmm. this this group uh, that does only uh, German beer, and they often in the winter have Schlenkerlis Mertzen there. Sometimes they're Bach, and I gotta say, man, in the middle of winter, you get yourself a nice hearty meal. Uh, they do roast chicken at Stomtich, and you get a, a smoked Mertzen. Oh, it's fantastic. You can just sit there and watch the cold outside, and you're all warm and toasty. So that's another good choice. I feel like I must have had that in the past, uh, but I'll have to try it again. I'm not – definitely not a big uh, a big smoke smoke fan in beer. So Yeah, at some point I'll do – I'll force you to go through the ritual. You have to have three schlenkerless. You can't have one. You have to have three. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and by the third, I'll, I'll, I'll see. The, the, the skies will have parted and the sun will be shining through. Well, like, well, oh. Yeah, well, what happens is – and you always stop too soon. You only get the smoke. The first, yep. the first thing is just all smoke and it feels like, oh, I'm, yeah. Sucking, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm sucking on a campfire. And then the second beer, you're thinking – I'm getting a lot of smoke here, but the the edge is off. And then by the end of it, you're actually kind of looking for that like intensity that you were getting, but it's not there. And then you have the third beer and all of a sudden the smoke completely drops away. You don't even notice the smoke anymore and you taste the underlying lager, which is this uh, amber dark lager that is full of plummy uh, malts. It's very dry, uh, almost a kind of biscuit dryness at the finish and you you're you're uh amazed at what an accomplished lager hides underneath all that smoke but you got to blast through to the third beer to encounter that i see so you have to kind of embrace the ritual you do it's it's uh it's a it's a three beer uh in order to in order to get schlenkerle you got to have three beers all right 
you're on. All right. I, I, I knew you'd be willing to try that post, experiment. Post, yeah, post-pandemic. I'm, <laughs> I'm there. I'm there. By the way, I'm just going to state for the record that uh, Fuller's ESB is one of the world's great beers. Absolutely. Although, <clears throat> although I believe I, I like uh, London Pride even better. Uh, I also actually picked up a London a London Pride, but uh, that's less easy to find, and it's less easy to find in good fiddle. So that's right. I mean, I like if I'm if I'm in London, I think I would choose a London Pride uh, seven times out of eight. Yeah, and and London Pride is perfectly uh, reasonable uh, substitute. Either one will set you up on a cold winter night. Absolutely. All right, so let's wait. What's the next one? Uh, beers for, for when you feel helpless. Wait a minute. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, here it goes. <laughs> I was looking for my, so beers are when you're feeling helpless. What, 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 what do you drink, Jeff, when you need to cheer up? Yeah. And that's, that's how I thought of it. It was like, you, you, you had, that was yeah, one, me of too. Your, one of your categories. And I was thinking, yeah, yeah. what? And then I, in, in each of these cases, I put myself in mind of the emotional space, uh, which each of these carries with it. And you know what? I mean, I'm, I'm an Oregonian at the end of the day. You know, you you say what you will. I love my Pilsners. Uh, I love my Guz. I love my Irish Stouts. But at the end of the day, I love my West Coast IPA. Uh, and I got to go. I got to go to the thing. I got to go back to the well. I got to go to the touchstone. I have to go to the thing that makes me feel the most centered and normal. And uh, so I'm looking for a West Coast IPA. And I, you know, a, a beer like and a there's there's dozens of examples, uh, and I could choose any of them. Um, but a beer like Wanderlust, Breakside's Wanderlust, yeah. which is kind of a classic example. Uh, Pallet Jack from uh, Barley Browns. Yeah. Uh, a Freem IPA, a, uh, uh, a gigantic IPA. Uh, it, one of one of John Harris's IPA at Ecliptic, like just a you know a, a straightforward fairly bitter, full of aromatics, West Coast IPA. And that just, then I feel like, okay, the world is, the world may be spinning out of control, but me and this beer, we, we understand. <laughs> this is going to be fascinating by the way, uh, because, uh, well, anyway, we'll get, we'll get to it. Uh, so that's interesting for me. Uh, I want a, a, a beer that will sort of change my mood. Uh, is what I was thinking. So interesting. If I'm in a, yeah, that is interesting, isn't it? Uh, yeah. So so we'll get we'll we'll circle around because you'll like my other category when we get to it. Uh, my of course IPAs play a prominent role in my list, but not in this category. That's so interesting because you went I went with something that was familiar, and you went with something that would like pop you out. Yeah, this, yeah, yeah. Exactly. We're we're, uh, we're we're doing a little uh a, a little uh, uh like psychological work here, a little therapy. <laughs> that's right yeah this is a group therapy so so when i need to cheer up when i need some beer that sort of pops me out i decided what i want is a great farmhouse ale wow because it just it's evocative it just evokes for me all of these warm sentimental feelings uh it's like you know uh, and, and the beer i i chose by the way is 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 the best ever uh saison dupont of course uh, it's just like all your hopes and dreams, your aspirations and endeavors, they're there in that beer. You just have to search for them. They will come to you. It just, it, 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 to me, it just, uh, it can kind of break me out of a funk. Uh, nice. it, it makes me think of, of sunshine, uh, of the countryside of, you know, it's complex, but easy, easy to drink. 
just like the world is going to be all right if I have a big glass of of Cezanne Dupont. You know, we we end up in the same place. We were looking for the world to be all right. Uh, we just get there on a different road. Yeah, and there are lots of good farmhouse ales in the U.S. now. Uh, we just did our last pod was on Ale Song from Eugene. Uh, there's great farmhouse ales to have, so it doesn't have to be Cezanne Dupont, but right. Uh, but uh, but that's the one I would choose. Very good. <clears throat> All right, so All then, right. then we have hopeful good news beers. So kind of the opposite, like when we get a little uh, the the part the clouds part for a moment and we get a, a shaft of sunlight. That's right, and this this my friend is where the West Coast IPA comes. Uh-huh. <laughs> there it is. Uh, and but for me, it can be either. So I was thinking, um, basically, what I want is a super saturated, uh, uh, hoppy, citrusy, uh, bright, sunshiny beer. It could be an IPA, could be a pale. Uh, sort of pales are having a renaissance right now, so I'm really kind of into pale. Uh, maybe a good choice if you don't want to be so heavy. You're really in celebratory mood, so you know you're going to drink a lot. <laughs> yep. So, uh, so ones that come to mind, it's kind of the same thing for the IPAs. Very similar, you and I. Although I would probably go sort of more citrusy. So it can be hazy or clear, but really sort of uh, uh, bringing out those fruit uh, citrus flavors. But I actually, my first choice was. Uh, I went back to to the main beer company. Oh and, yeah, yeah, and the pe- baby. The, the Peeper Pale, or actually just about anything main beer company makes. Totally. Uh, a lot of it they call IPAs, but most of them uh, rest in the five to six ABV uh, area, uh, and they are wonderful, bright, lovely, uh, well balanced, uh, amazing beers. But also sort of West Coast. Uh, as we talked about, I would probably, if I was going breakside, I'd go with What Rough Beast, which is their hazy Sierra Nevada hazy little thing, is a nice little choice too. Uh-huh. If you're, you know, that's that's world, that's nationwide, so that's uh, that's a good uh, alternative. Um, uh, uh, I can't remember exactly what the what the uh, um, ecliptic uh, uh, version is, but it's actually a clear and it's lovely as well. So, um, yeah. I'm that's right. my, that's my, that's my hopeful good news day. So when I'm feeling in a great mood, that just like enhances it. I love it, and I just get really into it. Well, we're we're on the same page here. I, I actually, the category I chose was hazy IPA. I actually, oh. uh, yeah, uh, more than the, the the moment I want a hazy IPA is 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 when when it is bright and sunshiny and uh, you know day glow. Uh, that's that's when that hazy IPA comes out and. Uh, I, I actually think Maine Beer Co. is perfect. I hadn't thought of Maine Beer Co. They, you're right. Those are sunshine beers. Those are amazing sunshine beers. Um, I mentioned, I wrote in my notes, Cloudburst from Seattle. Those guys. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Such when I when I have those beers, I just feel like sunshine. It's like it's like Bob Marley on a sunny day. You know, you yeah, want, exactly. You want the you want the music to be like consonant with the experience of like I am totally relaxed i'm totally in a pleasant mood and it's all sunshine it's all good yeah that's precisely what i was thinking yeah so yeah so 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 in that sense we're the same totally well that's interesting (laughs) that may be the only one but we were on the same page there all right so uh that's the hopeful uh good news beers uh now we're on to the the netflix binging yeah so settling in for a night of streaming whatever it is what is it these days? What, what are you watching? Anything? Anything exciting? Uh, I'm like, I'm like, you know, it's funny. This this whole uh, pandemic time, I have not been interested in challenging 
fair. And I haven't even been interested in a lot of new stuff. So mm. kind of older uh, stuff has been uh, uh, appealing to me. So uh, <laughs> some of the old classics I've watched. Um, we watched a little bit of uh, 30 Rock, which is kind mm-hmm. of my thing. Excellent. Uh, yeah, like like that. I've been watching some of the old Star uh, Trek things i'm into voyager a little bit um we watched through ugly betty we've been with the the great british bake-off was just aired we watched the final finale of that last night that's incredible mm-hmm. comfort food so yeah. we, we actually we watch a lot of great british baking show uh for exactly the reasons that and I think especially these days, there's just a lot of really heavy stuff that's coming out. Yeah. I don't want anything heavy at all. Yeah, I, just I want just it. light and fun. You know, I need an escape. I don't want, I don't want to be dragged down into, uh, we have tried the Queen's Gambit, which is quite good, but it's not like super light. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a little bit heavy, especially at the beginning. So we have watched uh, a, a, the show Killing Eve, which is a British show, which is quite good. Uh, I'll talk yeah. I saw that. season one. That yeah. was excellent. Yeah. All right. So what do you, what, what are you drinking? So I'm going to go a little off-speed pitch here. Uh, All right. And, and again, I just thought about what do I actually do? What do I actually drink when I'm, when I'm binging? And binging is partly, uh, you know, comfort food for me. And, and, and so the experience is, is also got to be comforting. And the thing that is, you know, we're, it's night. It's night at 4 o'clock already. So uh, <laughs> you know what I turn to? And I've got a, a fair amount of this still in the in the in the cellar is proper English cider. That's that's a thing ah. I, I super love. So tannic, dry, often still, uh, earthy, funky, yeah. comforting. It just it tastes it just tastes so comforting to me. And I I can I can uh, really settle in with with uh, a proper English cider and 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 some Netflix. You know. Depending on how 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 short the show is, you can have one cider per show, and uh, <laughs> kind of it's it's just so comforting. It relaxes the body, relaxes the mind. It's, it's lovely. Yeah. yeah, that is a good shout. So, so for me, what I the first thought I thought because I'm getting old, particularly, uh, is that I don't want to fall asleep. <laughs> Right, of course. <laughs> because uh, I tend to, I'm prone to, actually, I'm not prone to fall. I'm not quite that bad, but it, I do, I would get sleepy and beer can make me sleepy. Uh, so if I'm actually going to be binging for a while, then I want something that will satisfy my thirst that's sort of quaffable because I like to like drink, drink. I don't just like having a sip now and now and now and again. Sure. Also, also these days we tend to be sitting in front of our uh, lovely gas fireplace. So it's kind of, it's, it's quite warm. And so I like something that's kind of refreshing. So this is a weird one, uh, but I came around to drinking some kind of Keller beer. Oh yeah, uh, which uh, which has got a little bit, you know, it's cloudy, so it kind of has that f- that sort of dark, darky, fally kind of feel to me. But it's also quite light. Generally, most most Keller beers in the U.S. you'll find are kind of basically cloudy helluses, but uh, but they're easy drinking, they're flavorful, but not overpowering, and and they don't fall asleep. Usually a little bit low carbonation, which makes for the, the, the gulping that you're talking about or the, the quick drinking. Exactly. Uh, so I didn't uh, uh, have anything in particular uh, nationwide, but I but Freem does a the seasonal color, which is great. Also, their neighbor down the street in Hood River, Ferment, uh, does something they call bottom ferment, which is a uh, – uh, uh, they call a new American Keller beer, um, which is uh, good as well. 
and then a couple of other just sort of I'll throw in there. And this is where actually, if it's if it's kind of dark and cold and I'm feeling like I need a little bit of a warm up, this is where I actually would go to something like uh, a stout, something dark and roasty. Uh, so Guinness is a good, uh, even the draft, the draft Guinness that you get in cans, I know, and, and I know it's not your preference, but. Uh, oh, it's, but a, because- it's, a, it's a classic beer. It's just, yeah, of, of, of all their offerings, uh, F, yeah, F, uh, Foreign Extra is a little bit too robust and the draft is a little bit too light and uh, Extra Stout is just the Goldilocks for me. Yeah, no, I, and, and I'm with you, but for but for the uh, but for the the set the binging session, I think the um, the draft is good because it's light, it's roasty, but it's it's light and it won't it won't weigh you down and it won't uh, put you to sleep. Absolutely, that's a good choice. So, so, uh, so a Keller beer or or maybe a Guinness draft is some. And if, on the- if you don't live in Oregon, uh, I'll throw in Urban Chestnuts, amazing Zwickel beer uh, as a, a another version of the Keller beer. Okay, great. Yeah, Florian. Uh, What's Florian's last name? I forgot Florian's last name. Sorry, Florian. Uh, oh, Kuplan. He's uh, a, a Bavarian and Bavarian train brewer, and uh, he brews there in St. Louis now. He was at Anheuser-Busch before he left to start his own place, and he makes an ex- mm-hmm. one of the best beers in the world, uh, which is his, his Zwickel beer, and it's amazing. So if you're not in Oregon, try that one. Ooh, I want to try. It's so good. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> All right. So that's, uh, that's Netflix, our next category. Uh, wait a minute. This is me. Sure. Uh, I'm first on this one, right? Yeah. So this one Going. is this one is uh, home cooked meals. Uh, uh, so this one's going to be. I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to be clever, or creative with this one. This one's just a no brainer for me uh, because I don't know the meal, but I want a, a, a beverage with meal. I'll I'll choose a pilsner. Easy, easy, easy. Yeah. Just uh, get, give give me a good pilsner. A pilsner is pretty easy, and I went. Very similarly. I mean, Pilsner, in the Beer Bible, I mentioned this uh, as well, that there's a few styles that are just excellent with food, and Pilsner is a, a really great one. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason it kind of took over the world. Yeah. It's not it's not just because it's a great beer, but it's also great. It pairs with food. So I, I put a bunch of things in it. You can, you can choose. You know, you can find a Yever Pils or Einger or Weinstefan, Urquell, domestic craft Pilsners are, are abundant now. Uh, they're all wonderful. And we've talked about it before, but here in Portland, um, the Pilsner revolution that's taken off and, and, and Portland is really a Pilsner town now, um, started at restaurants like, uh, local, these local, usually younger chefs who wanted to offer not so many beers, uh, but they wanted some good beer on there that was not going to be an IPA that blew out their, their, uh, their, their, their wonderful food would choose craft Pilsners. And they started encouraging, local craft breweries to make pilsners and of course they go spectacularly so uh yeah pilsners obviously and one of the very first was uh heater allen in mcminnville yeah out, outside of portland and i have and a you heater have allen one pilsner, all right which i'm gonna crack open because i'm a pro and i have more than one beer and we had uh we had heater allen as as a as an odds-on favorite to win our pilsner taste off and unfortunately, uh, it did not break into the final. And we always felt like we got a bad can. So I'm hoping you get a good one here. We definitely got a bad can before because I can tell you right now, without even tasting it, that this one is is clean. Yeah, we got what we uh, – if, if memory serves, we got an oxidized can. Mm. Tasty? Excuse me while I <laughs> – Very good. Oh yeah, that's exceptional. All right, Lisa, are we out of the doghouse? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, it, it felt really bad because we clearly got a bad can, but um, yeah, but that it was it was what it was in our judgment. But I can tell you for sure that um, this would have placed very high in our Pilsner off. Uh, it's an excellent beer. This one is clean, by the way. No off flavors. No, no, nothing wrong with this beer at all. It's beautiful. Excellent. Uh, uh, and um, uh, very much in the. Um, in the wheelhouse it's a little bit i guess i guess you'd call it slightly lean slightly more czech than than german i'm not sure what they're going for uh they're going um, for they're going for german but you know there's there's robust things like yaver and others so uh, i think it's just oh, like but a character wait a minute wait, but wait a minute i'm reading the can and it's got saws in it so oh there you go well you got you called that yeah so i know what i'm talking about <laughs> <laughs> anyway so uh so yeah pilsner yeah. with with food so what was yours um i went in a really similar direction uh i, I stayed i had actually two choices here uh the first one is uh a similar beer i went for kolsch instead of yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. pilsner and uh, my favorite if you're gonna buy the if you're gonna buy one from germany is fru i would also mm-hmm. accept gaffel as a as a secondary alternative um, and then here in Oregon, we have a weird kind of group of breweries that specialize in uh, Kolsch's and really are passionate about Kolsch's. It's kind yeah. of it's kind of a weird thing. Um, yeah. Actually, across the river in Washougal is uh, Bolton Minister and his fifty four forty brewery. He makes an amazing Kolsch. Our friend Alan Taylor makes an amazing Kolsch at Zoigel House, and our friend Van Havig makes an amazing Kolsch at Gigantic. Uh, uh, I drink the Gigantic Kolsch all day, every day. Absolutely, it's amazing. I know. So those are three uh, beers that would go spectacularly with uh, any meal, uh, and you know you just can't go wrong. They they're slightly different profile than Pilsner because they've got a little bit more fruitiness, a little bit more fullness, um, but but basically in the same wheelhouse. And the other thing I would do is this is where I would also try a Saison. And, and I was thinking uh, particularly of the, if you're going to go for one of those cool barrel age Saisons like uh, Matt Van Wyck makes at uh, Ale Song, uh, they work really well with food, a little bit of restrained acidity, just like wine, right? So a little bit of a restrained acidity, yes, a lot of complexity, but not overwhelming intensity. Perfect. Yeah, that's one of the things that's that's true. It's it's one of the things that Pilsner lacks, which is if you if you have a nice, especially if you have a rich meal and you're drinking wine, it's that tannic that tannic aspect, that sort of astringent aspect of the wine that kind of cleanses the palate between bites. Right, and that's what a that's what a good yeah one of those good saisons will do. Totally. So that's another good choice. All right. And, you know, my wife, Sally, has been having to cook a lot, and she's been putting a lot of thought into it. I, I assume a lot of us are. And one way to spice up the meal during the pandemic is to have something nice with it. Um, so I encourage you to think through, whether it's wine or beer, uh, have something. I've, we've had to, by the way, I don't know if this is true, but those of you who have kids, we've totally had to up our game because uh, uh, these days we're just eating in all the time. And, and uh, uh, we kind of had... We, didn't quite realize it, but sort of a, a limited sort of uh, lineup of, of meals that we tend to do and that we'd mix in like other things and going out, things like that. But these days the kids are getting really uppity, like, oh, not this again. So right. really, uh, <laughs> really- <laughs> yeah, I know you uh, We're actually as, a, you know, as humans, we're having to learn like, yeah, everybody had like five dishes that they would make, uh, <laughs> you know, periodically. And then they would fill it full of uh, pizza and takeout in between. And, and now we're, yeah. We're actually having to figure out new stuff. So yeah, I really have to think, think, think hard again. So 
<laughs> uh, the trials of tra- the pandemic. Okay. It's good. It's all good. So the next one, this is your category, my friend, because uh, <laughs> this is this is a this is a thing that I don't do. I I uh, I. Uh, I drink beer when I on days I exercise, but I don't think of uh, the the re- the refreshing post exercise beer in the way that you do, and especially your specialty, the Emerson Rattler. Uh, you know, if we could get this platform just a little bit bigger, you could market that thing. <laughs> it's almost so. It's it's almost an excuse, right? Like that uh, the beer post exercise is is in fact these days except for like the podcast, that's kind of my, that's the cost. Uh, I'm trying not to, not to put on the pandemic 15 pounds or whatever and, right. and, and stay in shape. So that's kind of my deal with myself is I only get to, to drink beer if I've exercised, if I've burned a lot of calories exercising. But, yeah. When you're in your fifties, you, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you really got to come up with these things. <laughs> so, so here's the, so here's the deal. So, uh, as, as, as listeners know, well, uh, I've become big into these Rattlers. Uh, and so you knew that was, this was coming. So after my exercise, this is what I like to do much better than a Gatorade, right? Like get to drink beer. So why, uh, I'm going to make my case. There are carbs and proteins in beer of course, uh, but you say alcohol is dehydrating. Uh, that's true. So that's why I add my lemonade because my lemonade gives me the extra water and sugar, but also lemons are a good source of electrolytes. Okay. So we're getting closer to the, to the, to the energy drink, to the, the refreshing drink. Uh, but the beer itself is a good thing. Uh, beer has uh, polyphenols. Uh, they are anti-inflammatory and antioxidant. In fact, in 2011, you and, know, I've prepared- and alcoholic. Wait, did you say that? <laughs> well, no way. That's that's the bonus. <laughs> oh, okay. Hold on. Hold on, I'm getting there. Uh, so, in 2011, a German study suggested that these polyphenols are especially useful for those who go through long, prolonged, strenuous exercise. Uh huh. And interestingly, because strenuous exercise can lower your immune uh, function. And what happens is the polyphenols in beer actually boost your immune response. And so people who drank, this was non-alcoholic beer, it wasn't alcohol, it was the polyphenols. Uh, they, uh, and then uh, they drank beer, they ran a marathon, and then they had fewer incidences post-marathon of upper respiratory tract infections and were three times less susceptible to the common cold. So I put to you, Jeff Allworth, during the COVID times, you should be drinking beer to save yourself uh, I and- <laughs> I am 100 convinced, man. That yeah. was that was credible. You use science, TM, to make the point that I have been believing in for my whole life. So I'm with you. Okay, so the alcohol is not great. Alcohol dehyd- is dehydrate dehydrating, and unfortunately, excessive amounts of alcohol can impair protein synthesis, which is an important process by which your mus- muscles repair themselves after after exercise. However, uh, it does relax, which is good during times of pandemic. So there is well, that yes. So that's that's the point. Uh, if you're old like me, and these days they've closed the gyms, uh, which was nice because then I can do low impact exercise like swim and be on a you know elliptical and things like that. So I'm back running, which is hard on my body, right? And I'm in pain, and so there's nothing quite like alcohol to help dull that pain. But so what, uh, uh, ideally if you're really, you know, post-exercise drink, you want to lower alcohol. So something like a, a light Hellas is pretty good with some lemonade, kind of a classic Rattler. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pilsner was also good. Uh, I like a little bit of alcohol kick because of, <laughs> because of the fact I'm old and I want to try to deaden the pain. Uh, and I also, as we've talked about on the, on the pod already, 
some of these new uh, modern super citrusy uh, IPAs go super well with lemonade. And so my my go-to these days is the uh, Ecliptic Phaser Hazy IPA with the lemonade. Oh, so good. So I clearly you're not prepared. And so now I, I'm going to have to give you homework. All right. Your homework is I want to know, and we're going to do this on a future podcast, uh, memory willing, which means we won't. But uh, I want you to go find us the Winter Rattler. So what, you know, figure out what kind of winter beer – uh, you like, and then figure out how to work that into a Rattler. So you can come up back, you know, we, we got to have seasonal Rattlers, man. All right. Seasonal Rattler. That's okay. So that's a good challenge. Uh, what I do you challenge class- you. What do you classify as winter beer? Well, it's up to you. I'm not going to force you into uh, beer styles you don't like. I know you're not a big roast guy at this point, at this point, and, and probably uh, it would be more challenging to do that. So uh, I don't know, you know, you just- and that would be bad. By you, the way, that would talk, not be a good rattler. <laughs> that's right. You've talked about ESB, so maybe an ESB rattler. Um, All right, I'll go to the laboratory, man. Go you've, to the laboratory. You've inspired me. There you are. I will. I, I will explore. I will explore <laughs> the, the winter rattler for you. Excellent. Uh, and also the winter rattler. I, I'm. I'm feeling like I'm inventing a, a business model here. Uh, Actually, I've already. I already have an inspiration. I wonder if I blended something like the Fuller's ESB with some apple cider, like like. Uh, soft cider, regular apple juice. Uh huh. There you go. Mm, all right. There you go. Okay, I'm coming. I'm coming up with. It. Okay. See, there. You, it's it's all it's all happening. All right. Uh, what you don't have anything for this category, do you? No, because I I do exercise. I am a big bike rider, but um, I don't want any 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 alcohol afterwards. I'm <laughs> I'm old. Yeah, and man. Polyphenols, man. Come on. I, I told you. I will eventually have the alcohol, but it'll be hours later. So. All right. So let's get to the big payoff, which is the beer you're going to use to celebrate the end of the pandemic. In the past, we've used general categories, and I have a very specific beer here. All right. And I, hear it. I may even, uh, not only, I, sh- I shouldn't say I may even, I think that I would like to uh, get together with, with you and, and maybe other friends uh, when we finally get a chance to when when the pandemic is done and we're celebrating and drink this beer it okay. is uh the commons flemish kiss um ah. the commons is this extraordinary brewery that used to live in portland uh it was one of my favorite breweries in the world uh they made one of the best beers in oregon um and uh they also made flemish kiss another extraordinary beer which is a wild ale uh and i went and bought uh, several of these before they closed down, which they closed down not as a result of, of COVID. It was years ago, uh, probably a couple of years ago at this point. And I've been sitting on this last bottle of Flemish Kiss waiting for something that would that would merit me drinking the Flemish Kiss, <laughs> right? Like what's going to what, – what, what's, worth, what's worth this? Well, you know what it is? The expletive pandemic ends <laughs> – <laughs> I can have a Flemish kiss. So that's that's what I want to do. And and we need to drink it. I don't want it to get too I don't want it to sit too long because it will actually pass and I want it to be primo, you know. I want it to be really I want to start I want to remember I want to celebrate the future and remember uh this extraordinary uh beer. Uh kind of uh in a in a in a lament for uh the the, the beer and the terrible time we've passed through. So that's my that's my choice. Well, that's 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 excellent, and I'm I'm there. I'm uh, I'm ready to do it. 
uh, and so we shall. And what's excellent about it is because it's right down my alley. So what I was thinking is, what do you want to celebrate the pandemic? You want something a little bit special, but you also want, I was thinking, something that is evocative of champagne. So a Belgian super effervescent, Belgian style, super yeah. effervescent beer. You want a cork in a cage. You might want a little extra kick. You know, you want something with a good, nice alcoholic punch, I think. So, uh so that was exactly the area in which I was thinking. I, I came up with a bunch of just sort of random things, uh, like lo- locally, like the upright Fantasia or something, you know, maybe something with a little fruit like that. One oh, is. yeah, that's a good one. Omegang Rosetta, Allagash Avancé, something. Little Beast Black Cap is one I bought uh, today because I was looking for, for beers. Um, Orval, I thought, hey, you could have an Orval. Yeah, absolutely. Orval uh, is always appropriate for everything. Yeah, so- yeah, so Orval's a special beer that would be fantastic. Ale song we talked about. We talked to Matt Van Wyke last time. Uh, some of his beers are a perfect one. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm totally with you. I ended up kind of where I started, uh, which is when we were talking about feeling uh, uh, pick me up, and and so the beer that I decided if I had to pick one, I would probably go for my all time favorite, the best beer in the world, Saison Dupont. Wow, I I'm so shocked that you. You love Saison DuPont that much. I, I, I know you've said it on the podcast before, and I'm always shocked because, you know, you're an IPA Pilsner guy. <laughs> but but the thing about DuPont, I mean, it's it's hoppy, it's complex, it's easy drinking, it's I mean, it's an amazing beer. You know, okay. We're gonna go we're gonna we're, in August we're gonna go to Prague. We have to go and visit Saison DuPont. We'll have Olivier uh, talk uh, about this beer. You'll get to see Olivier. It's amazing. He also makes this extraordinary Pilsner, Radar Pils, which you can't get outside of Belgium. You can have that as mm-hmm. a bonus. We got to do it. All right, we'll just we'll just travel all through Europe. How about that? I let's. I think I, 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 I can land in London, go to Fuller's, have, it, have a London Pride. That's right. <laughs> my uh, my experience in this pandemic is one of just wanting to go to wanting to travel so intensely, and uh, and I can't think of a better place to go than uh, Brasserie Dupont and have you meet uh, another fellow introvert, uh, Olivier Dedeck. <laughs> Excellent. He's a real Excellent. introvert, and I think he he. He, he has a very mellow, private vibe, which you would appreciate. Yeah. So I bought a, vo- a bottle of Saison DuPont this morning. <gasps> uh, <laughs> I want to say I want a bottle of Saison DuPont. <laughs> well, I thought I'd put it in my fridge, and then at the appropriate time, uh, I would bring it out. That uh, this was going to be my ceremonial bottle. This exact bottle was going to be my ceremonial bottle that I'll that I'll crack when I feel like. Uh, things are back to normal enough, but maybe I'll bring it to your house when you when you open the uh, um, the Flemish the, kiss, uh, Commons, the Flemish kiss from Commons. Yeah, yeah, that'll be perfect. And uh, you know, we'll we'll sit there next to each other with no mask on, and we might even like I might hand you my glass so that you can taste <laughs> my beer. We might even greet each other with a hug. That's right. That's right. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> we know we will not die, and that will be yeah. a fine time. Uh, so that was interesting. We both had the same with same basic idea. So that's awesome. Yeah, a couple. Of, uh, it was good. We had we had a mixture, and uh, we had uh, a couple of points of contact there, which kind of makes sense. So we were uh, interested. I'm. I'm. I would love to hear from uh, listeners uh, if any of these categories spoke to you. You should let us know. We would love to read them. 
as a part of the mailbag, let us know what your choices are, particularly yeah. if you live in other parts of the country, beers that we don't know, um, or maybe international beers. If you don't live in the country, that would be fantastic too. Yeah. By the way, I did also grab an Orval too. So I got, I'm all set. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it is, it is a, it is a, a time honored tradition in, in this family that uh, with, in my uh, holiday stocking, Sally always tucks in Orval. So I know I'm getting an Orval pretty soon. <laughs> By the way, have you looked at their label closely? Because speaking of the animal of the pod or the, the mascot of the pod, they, they feature a little kind of fishy thing. Oh, do you, you do not know the story about the Orval fish? Okay. See, I asked the right guy. Yes. No, I don't know the story about the Orval fish. Will Please you, enlighten me. Will you look closely and see if you see something interesting in that fish's mouth? Yeah. He's he's trying to like bite a – God, what is it though? It's like a round thing, yeah? It's kind of a round thing with spikes, yeah. So the story of Orval is this. <laughs> uh, a thousand years ago or something, a long ass time ago um, – there were some pilgrims who were uh, traveling from, I believe, France. Uh, uh-huh. You'll forgive me for uh, where they're traveling from. And they included a duchess. And the duchess uh, was uh, sitting by the side of a creek at one point. And her wedding ring, she was. it was actually, I think, her engagement ring. Uh, I wasn't prepared with a story, uh-huh. so, so 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 now <laughs> so now we're uh, now 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 we're getting into the romantic facts. But hey, man, it's, it's beer, so if I get these these stories wrong, it's fine. Uh, and in it's fact, a ring. The the truth is this this original story is total legendary uh, romantic fact anyway, so it's fine. If I just embellish it, it's all good. Anyway, yeah. she um she was sitting by the spring, and the ring came off her hand. She was, uh, you know, refreshing herself by the side of the stream. And, mm. oh, my God, there goes the engagement ring. It's horrible. And then uh, a moment or two later, uh, a trout or some fish appeared with the ring in its mouth. And she said, surely this is the uh, Val d'Or, the, uh, the Valley of Gold, golden. the Golden yeah, Valley, golden. Yeah. Mm-hmm. which became Orval. And that's ah. and that's and that's where uh, some monks would later found the monastery of Orval. And in fact, if you visit that monastery on in the in, uh, the in the the place you go in, I don't know, I don't know if in a monastery if it's called. It's like not it's it's the monastery foyer basically, but I don't know what it's right. called. Right. There's the spring. It's right there. You can ah. visit the spring. Ah, it's a good thing there's no grizzly bears in Belgium. <laughs> so see, Orval has a fish. We, we would have, we'd have no Orval. We got grizzly a- bears would have eaten the fish, and the ring would have been lost. And absolutely, we would not have the beer. But. That's right. But if they'd had a salmon, it would make sense. You see, that's a really cool story. Thank you, Jeff. Absolutely, that's awesome. Uh, I, I I have random detritus floating around my mind about beer. So there you go. We're gonna have to come up with a legend of our Maris Otter once we get one. By that's the way. true. That's true. We- <laughs> Because once we start telling it, after a few podcasts, people will forget that we completely yeah. made it up. How did how did the otter become Maris? We'll we'll tell a story about how we found the Maris otter when we were in Yorkshire. <laughs> <laughs> we just we, did, we encountered him there. <laughs> we we brought him back. We, that's right. Friend. That's right. Uh, fantastic. He's the otter that brought us the the malt. Okay. Uh, we should go to the mailbag, which is simple this year, this time, because we have a mailbag from the aforementioned Will Romy, who's our producer and who uh, suggested the Maris Otter, speaking of. That's right. Thank you, uh, and he And he writes, and I'm going to let you read it. Uh, this relates to a 
news item we had a pod or two ago or three, I'm not sure, uh, which was the importer about the importer Shelton Brothers, who imports something like a hundred different breweries from around the world. Um, and Will, yeah. Will writes, the loss of Shelton Brothers has definitely caused a stir here. They're just a few towns over in Belchertown. So Will is now uh, at his ancestral homeland in Western Ma, um, trying to figure out a way back to Portland and has been trying to figure out a way back to Portland for a long time. He went there to work at Valley Malt. Uh, Will, Will, head west. That's right. That's right. So when the sun sets, follow it. <laughs> Uh, so we'll, we'll see Will at some point. Um, anyway, a few towns over in Belchertown and definitely a huge reason why this part of Massachusetts has such a strong beer scene. Definitely seeing a bit of run on the biggest names at the bottle shop. We sold out and a lot of the, uh, Drifontaine, McKellar Guz, uh, I'll have to stock up on my Bluebird Bitter. Thank oh, you. Yeah. Probably made with the Maris Otter and yep. probably gla- grab some of the weirdo beers that are less likely to uh, see import. So there you go. Um, at the So this is, yeah, I mean, we talked about this. This is one like sort of maybe a, 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 a artifact of, of the booming craft beer scene is it's kind of pushing out, crowding out the, the imports. Totally. Which is sad. It which is. is sad. I mean, it sad. it's not. A, it's not. A, it's not. A, it's not a question of having a beer store. It's you know, a beer store can't stock anything that's not imported. So totally, it's 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 depressing. There's you know, we we mentioned in that uh, uh, news item some of the breweries that they import, and it included one one of the breweries I remember was Mars from Bomberg, whose famous Ungespundet is a Keller beer, like you mentioned, the most famous Keller beer in the world. Mm. Um, no longer has an importer. I'm sure they'll find one. They're one of the more high-profile uh, breweries, so they'll find an importer. There's, there's a, a desire here. But you know, one of the things importers do is they find obscure beers and help develop a market back home. Sure. And so there's a yep. bunch of these breweries that now will have lost a champion. It's very sad. Yeah, and it's and, and you know I talked about getting these beers this morning at a store, and I go to a store precisely because they have a pretty robust se- selection of imported beers. But that's getting harder and harder to find. Totally, unless you go to a like a real specialty store. Yeah, so. you were uh, you were at a store today, and I said, "Can you do you see any Schlenkerler there?" And you, you didn't see it. You, yeah, you unfortunately, find that more often than you do now. So that's where I got my Orval, my Dupont, and by the way, I'm going to circle back real quick just to this Heater Al- Allen Pilsner, uh, which, by the way, now that I pay attention, actually calls itself a Bohemian style Pilsner. Oh, I'm so wrong. Uh, and How did I not know that? I don't know, but it's actually. I mean, now that I sat with Rick Wilson, is such a German guy, so I'm so surprised about that. Anyway, I've been drinking it for a while, and it is it is uh, exceptional. It is outstanding and in fact at first i didn't recognize it immediately as bohemian style because i didn't uh sense that sort of rusticity in the in the malt but it it's actually there it's subtle it's not like in your face like a requel but uh but it's there and the saz hops makes it just a, a delightful delightful czech style pilsner excellent uh mm. well you fortunately so good and i'm so glad that, credit, that I, we can brought me a can which is in the fridge now so i'll have one more. oh yeah that's right you have one yeah, good for me. Well, good for me. Good, definitely good for you. Thank you, sir. Uh, yeah, but you should go. You, you should crack it and you should try it, and uh, you will see that it is an exceptional pilsner. And I'm glad that we could sort of correct that that uh, unfortunate 
bad can we had for, the, and, and I, for our content. And, and the triumph of the Pilsner Taste Off was such that I feel like it is almost a dead certainty that we'll have to repeat it again next summer. So, Ooh, you know, I can't wait. Uh, <laughs> the, triumph, the triumph was all ours. <laughs> we got to drink like 16 That's Pilsner. what I mean. I, I don't know if anybody appreciated it, but we appreciated it enormously. <laughs> so there it is. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely uh, uh, give uh, Heater Allen a shot at the title again. All right. Uh, thanks, Will, by the way, for both the mascot suggestion and your mailbag. Indeed. Uh, and uh, I suppose I should tell you uh, a few things uh, as we're going out. Please do. So why don't, why don't I do that? <laughs> so first, subscribe to us on Apple, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to rate Five us. stars, please. That helps other listeners find the show. We'd love to hear from you. So please send your questions or comments to Jeff at Beervana Blog. Uh, or on Twitter at Beervana Pod. Jeff blogs at the Beervana blog and he tweets at Beervana. Patrick tweets at Beeronomics. Let us know your pandemic beers. What do you drink, when, and why? We'd love to yeah, hear. Yeah, do. It'll, it, it, it's kind of a fun thing, and we're all sitting home drinking beer anyway, so you might as well. Break, <laughs> That's, not better that's right. Break off an email. <laughs> All right. Actually, I have two beers, Jeff. I have the Fuller's ESB and I have the Heater Allen Pilsner that I can. Uh, cheers with. Well, I have my Guinness uh, Extra Stout. Which do you prefer? <laughs> uh, well, you can let the let the listener know. You have to choose now. All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna actually switch over now to my Fuller's ESB. All right. Okay, here we go. Uh, all right. Cheers, cheers, Jeff. Patrick. <laughs>